Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast. My name is Bex and I love books and hopefully you do as well. On today's show, I'll be telling you a few sneaky peeks of what books are coming out that we think you're going to love. I'll be giving you a little heads up of our book of the month and we have got a chat with the amazing Michelle Paver. So stick around for all of that awesome stuff. Now, first up, we've got lovely Michelle Paver. She has the ninth book out in her big Wolf Brothers series, and it's the final book as well, so pretty big deal. Here's Michelle telling us all about it. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Bex. It's great to be here. It's lovely to chat to you, and I've got to say, it's you're kind of here for a momentous reason, because you are releasing the ninth book in your big series, is that right? Yes, that's right. The ninth of the Wolf Brother books. Um, I mean, each one is a standalone, but yes, this is the ninth and the last book, Wolfbane. Yeah, so Wolfbane, I can't believe it's come to an end. I, also, uh, nine books is, is a pretty incredible achievement. You must be a little bit exhausted. Thank you for saying that, Bex. Yes, it's um, they're, they're, they're difficult books to write because, you know, they're in the Stone Age and uh, I try to make them as realistic and as exciting as possible. And uh, yeah, it's quite hard work, even though, you know, it takes me a year to write Wolfbane and the, the previous Wolf Brother books. With luck, it'll only take someone a couple of days to read because they're (laughs) exciting. So speaking of readers, I've been reading um, lots of people reviewing your book who have grown up with the series and are just delighted with the ending. And it's very sad it's ending, obviously, but are so happy at the way that you've tied everything together. Did you feel the pressure of having lots of people who've grown up with the book series reading this one? That was a really interesting one, yes, because, I mean, I'd finished the series, I thought, you know, with the first six books. And then um, a few years ago, I got an idea for another three so Viper's Daughter, Skin Taker, and now Wolfbane, and I planned them all together. But you're absolutely right, Bex. Um, the pressure was, you know, as I said, they're kind of standalone stories, but if you have grown up with them, um, you know, I wanted to not let down the, 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 the fans who'd grown up, but also to interest new readers who maybe 10 or, or 12. So, yeah, that was, that was tricky. I had a few false starts, I think. Yeah, it must be a kind of weird balancing act because you've got people who are maybe in their 20s now who started reading them a little while ago and you've got, you know, your actual audience who are maybe a little bit younger who you want to kind of hook back in again. Was it was that quite a balancing act then? It was a real balancing act because, you know, just to set the scene for people who don't know, it, it, it's a boy, a girl and a wolf battling to survive in the Stone Age 6,000 years ago. And in Wolf Brother, the first book, Torak and Ren were 12. You know, Torak's the best tracker in the forest. Ren's a great shot with a, she's a great shot with a bow and arrow and a course wolf is a wolf but they've grown up a bit um and now they're in viper's daughter and skin taker and and latterly wolfbane they're 17 so you're absolutely right you've got enough you've got to have enough to to show or suggest to the older readers you know that there's some romance between men and torak but not enough to gross out the (laughs) 10 year olds Oh my goodness, that must have been so difficult. And also, like I say, just having, like, you've created this amazing world. It must have been very sad to have to say goodbye to it. In a way, um, but I do feel that, you know, I have explored you know, with Torak and Ren and Wolf, I have explored their world. I mean, you know, we've gone into the, the, the sea and the far north and the deep forest. And, and for the, the last books, you know, we've been up to glaciers and ice caves and, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, I, I feel we've, the mountains, we Torek and Wren have discovered their world. So I think I think I'm giving them a good send off with Wolfbane. 
Oh, that's a lovely place to uh, to feel that you've left it in then. So tell us about Wolfbane. Tell us about the book. What are Torek and Ren and Wolf getting up to in this one? Well, it's the end of winter when frozen rivers are kind of breaking up and Wolf, at the beginning, finds himself alone on an iceberg, drifting out to sea. And what's worse, an ice demon is after him. It wants to eat his souls. And so the race is on for Ren and Torak to rescue Wolf. Um, and the story takes them to the mysterious seal islands where... Wolf and Torak and Ren encounter haunted caves and incredibly tangled forests and I think the weirdest clan I've I've ever created so far. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've I've also um I've I've enjoyed reading reviews. I don't want to dwell too much on reviews, but I know a lot of our listeners love your books. And I Thank also you. know that they love that you tie up a lot of different stories and lots of different characters in this book mm. as well. Was it quite difficult to weave in lots of different threads for this one to make sure you gave everybody a satisfying ending? I think it was really fun, actually, uh, because with... The first six books, I mean, there had been some characters that I hadn't done quite as much as I'd wanted to do with them. I mean, there's a character, for example, called Dark, who turns up in, in just in the last, the sixth book, Ghost Hunter. And he's a strange young boy with, you know, he hasn't, he was born without much color. And so he was abandoned in the mountains by his, his rather horrible father. And I really liked him and I had plans for him, but there wasn't enough time in Ghost Hunter mm -hmm. to do much. So it was really lovely to be able to have three more books to, you know, as you say, tie up and develop some characters a bit more, follow through with Ren and her, no spoilers, but difficult relationship with her mother, let's put it that <laughs> way. Um, and Torak's spirit walking, you know, see where that would take him. Uh, and of course, Wolf, who, who is now a grown wolf with, with uh, a mate and, and cubs on the way. You've got this amazing storyline as well through the whole nine books of, you know, a boy and his wolf growing up together, just like, yes. you know, it's quite an incredible thing to write a relationship from, from beginning to end as well. Thank you. It was it was fun. I think that was partly wish fulfillment because when I was 12, I was in love with wolves and I pestered my parents for a wolf. But, you know, we lived in Wimbledon, so I got Spaniel instead. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I have always loved wolves. And so it was, you know, that the idea of being able to talk to a wolf and having a wolf as your companion was such a, a fun thing. And also, I think because, you know, these are set in the Stone Age, they're quite, they can be dark and scary at times because it was I'm trying to be authentic but then the friendship with Wolf I always see is like a sort of golden thread running through you know he's absolutely loyal um, you could always depend on him he's great in, in a tight spot because he can smell demons and you know he's good at fighting um, so I, I, I have really enjoyed that and then I think I in Wolfbane um, as the name suggests Wolf is you know in peril but I think I've brought it to a, a satisfying conclusion with Tarak and Ren and Wolf and you also, like you mentioned, you've got the Stone Age stuff, you've got like wolves in general. Mm. You you research a lot, don't you? Did you have to do a lot for this book as well? Well, I did. Um, and But because you know, I was writing, I was planning three books and because I am, for years, I have been trying to cut down my global emissions, you know, carbon mm -hmm. emissions, I sort of planned just two trips, um, one to outer Siberia for, for the Viper's Daughter to see where mammoths were, were last uh, found alive. And then, um, well, their, their fossils were anyway, um, and then to Alaska. And so for, for Wolfbane, um, I, I did some bushwhacking, in, which is basically just trying to force your way through the most tangled forest you know I've ever been in. Wow. Um, and... Uh, also drew on my memories of swimming with wild killer whales um, because um, 
Torek pretty much becomes one in Wolfbane. That's not a spoiler. Um, and I had swum with some um, in, in Norway, and so I was having to remember that. And then also going up to North Norway in in the winter, but just to remind myself, you know, that every landscape is different and it was sort of minus 20 and the ice formations and things were, were really useful when I was trying to imagine wolf trying to scramble ashore and um, it was so cold and the breath crackled in my nose and, and it's those sort of little details, you know, you don't want to cl- cram in all the research into your book because that would make the story boring and yeah. you know, these are adventures, but it's those little details. Um, but actually some of the research, one piece of research was much closer to home. Um, I got it from my neighbour's dog. Oh. Um, yes, it was It was during lockdown. I, I live on Wimbledon Common at a safe social distance. I saw her love her lovely, beautiful um, black Labrador, Iona, looking very miserable. She had a, a droopy tail, very droopy ears. And I said, Iona, what's wrong? You know, um, and my neighbor said, oh, it's she, she'd overdone the swimming and she had what's called swimmer's tail. Um, oh. I'd never heard of this, but it's when you the, the poor dog had strained the muscles around her tail. So as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, I can use that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, so that's sort of, you know, you're not even thinking about the book, but then it's in the back of your mind and, ah, there's something that I can use. So thank you, Iona the Black Labrador. Oh, always looking out. I love it. Always finding new things <laughs> to pop in the book. And uh, before I let you go, I mean, I have to ask, do you have any any ideas for another book, another series, and maybe a spin-off of characters you've already got in this series, or are you having a well-deserved rest now? I'm having a bit of a well-deserved rest. Um, I'm afraid this really is the end for Torak and Wren and Wolf. And I know I said that a few years ago, <laughs> but but I do think I've given them a good send-off. Um, and I'm just taking stock. Um, I, I know I want to write something else. It may even be for grown-ups because I do like writing ghost stories. So that we'll have to see. Oh, amazing stuff. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for telling us all about the brand new book, Wolfbane. And I believe it's out right now. It is indeed. It it came out officially on Tuesday. So it's yes, it's in all good bookshops. Thanks very much for having me, Bex. Big thank you to Michelle. And also, she's graced us with an, an exclusive reading from the brand new Wolfbane book. Well, this is a a little passage from Wolf's point of view. So we're using Wolf language um, and he's fetched up on a mysterious island. Uh, He's met some odd people. Wolf calls them taillesses, but he's managed to escape. And right now he's in the forest and he's desperate to find Torak, whom he calls Tall Tailless, and Wren, whom he calls the Pack Sister. But Wolf is also really hungry. As Wolf raced up the slope, he smelt badger and hare, elk, marten, deer. He also caught a faint whiff of demon, but it was so far off, he decided to ignore it. The prey was too many lopes away, and although the moss beneath the trees was scattered with fish bones, they'd all been picked clean. Wolf found an egg fallen from its nest and crunched it up, but it only made him hungrier. He thought with longing of the juicy fish he'd left at the den of the taillesses. If only he'd stopped to eat before escaping over the wall. The dark turned to light, and as he paused to drink from a little fast wet, he wondered if he should turn back and find Tall Tailless and the pack sister. In the up, the ravens that belonged to the pack were excitedly cawing. An eagle was flying this way and that to avoid them, and they were trying to steal the fish wriggling in its talons. The eagle was heading for its nest high in a spruce, 
but the ravens were harrying it relentlessly. It was getting tired. Next time they attacked, it dropped the fish. Not even the ravens were quick enough to catch the prize, which plummeted into the forest, but Wolf had seen where it fell and was loping uphill. As he ran, he heard the ravens flying overhead. He felt the eagle's wing beats ruffling his fur. Next moment, he found the fish. The raven circled, loudly complaining. The eagle swooped to snatch the fish. Snarling, Wolf stood over it. Go away, it's mine. Again, the eagle swooped. Wolf snapped. Tail feathers drifted to earth. And with an angry shriek, the great bird headed for its nest, where its mate screamed at it for losing her food. Wolf gobbled the juicy fish, uttering muffled growls to ward off the ravens. Now he felt much better. After trampling a sleeping spot in the moss, he curled up for a nap. So we heard all about the boy who grew a tree last week. Now the author Polly Ho-Yen has got in touch to tell us more. Hello, my name's Polly Ho-Yen and I'm the author of The Boy Who Grew a Tree. This is a story about a little boy called Timmy who has a kind of special power, even though to most people he seems quite ordinary. But the thing about Timmy is that he has the ability to spot and notice and care for nature that is all around him. So he's a boy who spots a tiny snail that's slithering across the pavement and makes sure that he doesn't step on it. He's the one that sees the tiny frail leaves of a weed that's starting to surge up and grow in the cracks of the brick in a wall. He actually lives in the city where nature is quite well hidden to a lot of people. But Timmy sees it. One day, Timmy finds something extraordinary. He finds something that's growing, a seedling, a seedling of a tree that's growing in a place that it absolutely shouldn't be. And as he cares for it, as he looks after it, something magical starts to happen. Now, I did mention we have got some big news of amazing books that are coming out at the moment. The Extraordinary Adventures of Alice Tonks is one I am looking out for. It's by Emily Kenny, and it's all about magic. So Alice Tonks would love to make friends at boarding school, but she's always found it quite hard to fit in. Then she discovers she can talk to animals, and that's not all. Now, I do love a book where you can talk to animals. Uh, for example, I think Matt Haig had one out a few years ago that was a very similar vibe and they are right up my street, so I'm very excited for this one. Another one is Every Little Thing based on the song Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. Uh, now, this is pretty exciting. Bob Marley's songs are known all around the world for being full of love and peace and harmony. And now a whole new generation can discover one of his most joyous songs in this big new picture book adaptation written by his daughter, Cadella. And it's been illustrated as well so beautifully. Go and check it out. It's such a lovely book. I also need to give you a little heads up. Our book of the month this month is going to be Benjamin Dean's The Secret Sunshine Project. I think this is going to be one you're you're going to be a big fan of. It's everywhere at the moment. And we're going to be speaking to the big man himself in the next podcast. So make sure you check it out if you want to find out more about his amazing new story. 
that's pretty much it for this week's bookworms if you've enjoyed the show first of all thanks for listening secondly make sure you like subscribe and follow wherever it is you get your podcasts see you soon bye Um, it's got some amazingly pink and white flowers. The leaves look quite kind of, like, um, kind of furry, you know what I mean? It's a warm spring day in late March, and ever since the leaves have started to come out, Roby Joe has been wondering why some trees lose their leaves and some don't, and also, like, how the trees know when it's time to shed their leaves. To find out, join us on The Conversation's Curious Kids, wherever you get your podcasts.